Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge God In to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. So perhaps this week you've been hijacked. Something's happened to you uh, out of the blue, weren't expecting it to drop into earth school, and it did. And shazam, you get spun and your emotional health is uh, compromised. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, brothers and sisters in Christ. And he looks for those gaps in our faith. And he slithers around in that space to try to get us to hunker down in fear, self-doubt, worry, anxiety, uh, trepidation, all or nothing thinking. We start to mind read, fortune tell, uh, make assumptions, and um, we become hijacked. And the first phase of emotional intelligence in Christ is anchoring our identity in Christ. My goodness, there are so many, so many little forms of trickery the devil uses to hijack us out there. So we're jumping in to continue the series called Don't Waste Your Suffering. In part one, I shared my story and with more detail. So you can go to edgegodin.com and just look up Don't Waste Your Suffering Part One. In part two, Don't Waste Your Suffering Part Two, I had the the blessed opportunity to interview uh, Doug Mazza, who was the former president of Johnny and Friends, Johnny Erickson Tata. And that is probably one of the most powerful interviews I have, uh, or testimonies I've heard in a long time. Um, Highly recommend that one. Don't Waste Your Suffering Part Two, if you haven't heard that one. That brings us to today. Don't Waste Your Suffering Part Three. It's the goal with this series to let you know, my friends, you are not alone. Suffering is a part of the human condition and God never wastes it, particularly when we make the choice to toss it into his lap, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So I'm joined today by a brother in Christ and also the co-author, one of the co-authors of our of our Emotional Intelligence in Christ project. And the book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, and the six-week study guide, and the course. And so he's part of the God Squad, as, as we, we've been led to, to refer to ourselves as in this, in this project. And it's all about God. Our mission statement at Emotional Intelligence in Christ is to create learning systems that lead to an experience of God's love. First and foremost, if we don't experience that love, things get very mechanical, pharmaceutical, and we're vulnerable. To being hijacked. And our goal is to empower individuals, you included, to be able to manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that glorifies God. It's a job for Jesus. There is no doubt about it. So I am joined by Rich Cummins. He is the chief operating officer at Life Action and uh, just an incredible human being. I'm just grateful to, to fellowship with him and and to be on project and on mission with him. Rich, thank you so much for joining us today, brother. Very excited to to hear your story. Absolutely, Lauren. And I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yep, absolutely. This is a very important topic, um, particularly uh, these days. There is, yeah. There's a lot of suffering out there, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And so um, I know that your story is going to be an inspiration to listeners today on many levels. So listeners, before you jump in, you might want to pause this and simply invite the Holy Spirit in. 
and being attentive. Ask the Holy Spirit what is for you. There's no mistake that you're tuning into today's podcast because God has something for you. Be attentive. And as you lean in, just follow the Holy Spirit's lead because he will bump you within. He will prick your conscience. He will move your soul to camp on something that's been said today. You'll be able to mix your story with Rich, with Rich's story as Jesus used stories. Story is very powerful because it lets us know, one, we're not alone. Two, that God does mighty work in everybody's story, including yours. And when you hear the testimony to encourage one another by each other's testimony of suffering, then we build one another up and we remember, ah, that's right. All things are possible with Christ within me. And there is a power that works within me that is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Ephesians 2.20. So be attentive, my friends. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. May the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight for the edification of every human being that has been moved to join us today. Do your mighty work. Accomplish your great purposes, your renewal, your restoration of identities today. Because oftentimes, Lord, we think we are the struggle and we forget that we stand outside of the struggle, empowered with you. You are our might, our power, our wisdom, our strength. All things are possible with and through you. In your most precious name, we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rich, I'm going to turn it over to you, but um, your story is pretty profound. And I know as a group, as a team, um, and our main website is emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com and Dr. Stella, same thing. When we started into this project, there's there's a lot of suffering that started to hit our yeah. lives personally. So I'd like to just toss it over to you uh, to just hear your testimony, brother. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. I appreciate you inviting me in to sh share my story, really the, the story that God is doing through me and in me and in my family. And uh, you're right. Uh, you don't have to look very far to see suffering. I mean, wildfires, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, and then it hits personally in many cases. Illness, some people experience abuse, broken relationships, betrayal, sorrow, the list goes on and on. And it's, there's just unimaginable injustices that happen to people at times. And uh, the first time I spoke publicly about this was uh, a sermon back in 2018 when I shared the story of my son, Hunter. At that point, he was 13 years old and he'd had a number of health issues since birth. Uh, in fact, uh, since then, he's had 41 surgeries but at the point of that sermon in 2018, he'd probably experienced about 37 or 38, uh, but he'd gone through a tremendous amount of suffering in his life. And, and I just uh, was wrestling with, in my, at that point in my life, how can an all good and omnibenevolent and mm -hmm. omnipotent and omniscient God allow suffering to happen in the world? And God really just began to speak into my heart. And I developed a sermon at that point out of it. But watching my son go through immense amount of pain and suffering and yet seeing all the goodness happen through it has been a process and it's taken a long time, but we're so grateful for that. He was born with a condition that in fact affected his bowels, his spine, his uh, urinary tract, his heart, a number of different systems. And so 
you know, he only has a, a third of his lower bowel left after all the surgeries. He's had six spinal surgeries to try to correct and repair his spine. Right. Uh, he's He has an enlarged aorta, a number of different things. And so by that time in 2018, we were just, uh, we'd been through a, a pretty, pretty tough season, but we were seeing some pretty spectacular things happen to him. Now, uh, they weren't all physical while, while, you know, you could see him walking around and think, yeah, there's really not a lot wrong with him. We're thankful for that. Um, he did experience a tremendous amount of trauma, but what we saw God do was more spiritual and physical in nature with Hunter. Um, and, and I recall one time, um, he used to have to have NG tubes, tubes that go through your nose and into your stomach in order to, um, to help him when he was having bowel surgery, it was for bowel prep. And, um, he just had such an incredibly difficult time with that every time it was a nightmare. And I remember when he wow. was about 11 years old, uh, they were trying to, to get an NG tube in his nose and, and I wasn't there and typically I'm there. But uh, I was on my way to the hospital at this point. My wife was already there and they had tried about six or seven times. No luck. They had orderlies in there. They were holding him down. I mean, he was just a little oh, guy. I mean, he was, wee. you know, wow. Lord, he, he's like 75 pounds of nothing, but he's throwing yeah. people left and right because he just yeah. knows, he knows <laughs> the pain. Oh my gosh, Rich. I can't even and imagine that scene. It, it was crazy. We found out wow. later on that his anatomy. Uh, the pathway down through his, his nasal cavity was actually smaller than most people. And so, so it was actually very, very painful for him. <sighs> but, but by the time I got there, he was just worn out, uh, tears flooding, you know, his face and his grandpa was there with him. And so I just emotionally, when I saw that, I just began to weep myself and I grabbed yeah. his little hand and his grandpa's hand and just cried out to God. I said, God, just take this from him, please, mm. please take this mm. from him. Then the very next Gosh, time they came amazing. in to insert that NG tube, it went in right away. Oh, so wow. What a testimony. He saw something in that. Oh. He saw that God actually could do and would do things when we called upon him in prayer. And so that began a process of just strengthening that little boy's faith like never before. And so so that uh, that's a very special moment in our lives. And, um, you know, and there's so much more to say, you know, about about God and how uh, how does that happen when, you know, these bad things are happening and we couch that with that's a, God a powerful that is, that's a powerful good. question. A lot of people ask that a lot you know, of people how could ask a good that. God create, you know, cause this or or it's very easy when you're going through suffering to say, why would God allow this to happen? Yeah. Well, I can tell you there's an emotional response we have to be very careful about as Christians. It's not appropriate to argue a point when someone is hurting, and it's not the time for a theological or philosophical response mm -hmm. either. You got that you know, right. Really, when, when somebody's in the throes of deep suffering, it's just mm -hmm. time to affirm the love of God and, and be there with them and for them through it. Mm. But there are times, Lauren, when when a rational response is necessary for Christians and and non Christians alike. And I think about I think about when I was in the military, we would have a patrol cap that we would wear when we were out uh, doing our maneuvers and missions. 
And on the back of every patrol cap, you would have these little illuminated strips, uh, glow-in-the-dark strips. We called them cat eyes. They look like cat's eyes. And so if you're at night walking around in formation, you could literally follow the eyes in front of you, even though it was dark and you couldn't necessarily see your way. You could see the person's little cat eyes in front of you. And I liken biblical truths to that. In a dark world that we're trying to navigate through, it's nice when we can stand on the illumination of God's truth that point us in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I would say this about God. In Genesis 1, 131, everything he made was good. Mm. But in Genesis 3, when we fell away, when mankind fell away, everything became not so good. Sin entered the world. So God, God created us for a free will so that we could literally love him with all of our hearts. Real love always entails the ability to love or not to love. So God made us capable of moral good and moral evil. He gave us that free will so that we could truly love him and have that choice to love him. But we abused that freedom in Genesis 3 and, and evil was actually introduced into mankind. So um, a God that knows all, a God that is all powerful, and a God that loves to the complete fiber of his being can exist in a world filled with evil because he created creatures that he wanted to be free and to freely love him. Mm. So that's the, that's the real rational reason behind it. But through the midst of all this, Lauren, we know Jesus tells us, he tells us in John 16, 33, he says, you are going to, you're going to suffer. You're going to face trouble in this world. Mm -hmm. You are. It's a given. It's, it's, and, and, and I I was just speaking to someone the other day who was asking the question, why, why did God allow this to happen? Um, And my response was focus on his son Mm. and what he allowed to happen for a greater good that far outweighs it all so we don't know we don't know uh how our our thoughts are not god's thoughts are not our thoughts our thoughts he's he's far above our thoughts and our understanding we only use five percent of our brain just saying and so he's got the whole thing going on and i remember my friend susan before she passed away jesus was appearing to her several times and uh, she said that he said um, things to her and shared things to her. And she said, all I can say is in the end, it all makes sense. Yeah. And then she passed away a couple hours later. She said, just trust, trust. God is sovereign and he works everything together for an ultimate good. We can't understand that in our smallness as human beings, only using 5% of our mind. So don't even try to understand certain things. Just continue to surrender and trust. And that's uh, that, That's what Jesus did. It doesn't mean we don't ask to be delivered. Yeah. Like you said, Rich, you know, help me, Lord, help my son. Um, we don't, Jesus asked to be delivered. And so it's just having that, coming back to that place, but not my will, yours be done. Because mm. God always has a bigger plan. And, and what could that plan be? And as we're, you know, obviously it unfolds over time and it's too bad. We, we don't have, uh, we can't see into the future, but, but looking back, we often know that that's what God had in mind. That's why he allowed that to happen. Mm-hmm. But typically there, there are three reasons why, why we believe, um, and Bible scholars believe that God allows evil to happen or suffering to happen. And one would be 
because good things can come out of that. Uh, Romans 8, 28 promises in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And um, he allows suffering sometimes to happen in that case because good comes out of it. Like in, in my case with my son, my son has a profound deep love for God and has seen him, his, his, his hand of miraculous provision upon my son. So my son can go back to that time and say, yeah, mm. I remember when God delivered me from that. He's got a faith uh, file. Got a faith file. Mm -hmm. God also uses it to bring people to himself. It's a, you know, character over comfort type of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. It helps people find God in their lives. Amen. Acts 14, 22 says it like this, that we go through all of these hardships to enter God's kingdom. Uh, you know, Lauren C.S. Lewis once said, pain and suffering is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I love that. Yeah. Amen. And then then the final thing is, is God uses um, suffering to punish wickedness. Mm. Um, he didn't create it, but he uses evil people and evil events to, to bring justice about, you know, against wickedness. Mm. Um, so, so those, those, are, those, those three points, um, you know, of, of why might God allow pain and suffering? Um, one, God can use it for good. Yeah. Romans eight twenty eight through suffering, even though suffering is not good to us he can bring about a greater good than had that not even happened that's that's the mighty um power of god within and through us bring people to himself through suffering um and and use it to to punish the wickedness or to refine his people right yeah. um i read something really cool just to pull this in yesterday that when jesus went into the temple um he went in you know with whips and he was cleaning out the temple of everything that was not of God, right? And so as Paul says, our bodies are the temple of God. So what we think about, what we, our emotional health, um, our ability to reason, everything inside the castle, as Mother, as, as uh, St. Teresa of Avila speaks of, all of those rooms, um, there's, Jesus is constantly after cleaning those out. So, so think of it this way, in terms of the refinement process, what, uh, what is Jesus wanting to clean out of, of your temple in order to resurrect more faith and trust. What is it? Uh, going inside with those whips to uh, get rid of everything that is not of God, including the idols, the things that we have exalted over God, whether it's our time, attention, focus, how much time do we spend uh, on our phones versus uh, thinking about the things of God, but that's mm -hmm. that's uh, what suffering does because instantly, and and I know you can relate to this. You're going about your life, and then Shazam, you're literally uh, sideswiped by uh, something in 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 life that takes your breath away and mm -hmm. stops you in your tracks, and instantly you come you come face to face with the finite game of life and the infinite game of life. Yeah. What is essential and what is non-essential? And truly, when we're awake and attentive, we emerge from that when we, when we cling to God alone. We emerge with the ability of discernment. Is this, is this of God or is this not of God? And suffering is, is the very tool that God uses to bring about that clarity. It um, does. It's amazing. You know, I've got to tell you kind of, some more of the story, Lauren, you know, this, everything I gave you was, uh, was pre pandemic. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, we all have suffered a great deal collectively together yes. during this time through and after the pandemic. And I got to tell you, um, I, I would say I just got a bit of a taste of suffering before the pandemic, but in the pandemic, in a short period of time, um, several catastrophic things happened and have happened to my family started with an aunt, a, a dear aunt of mine who passed away suddenly from heart complications. Uh, she was in her early sixties and nobody saw it coming. And it's one of those deals where you really couldn't be with her uh, while she was mm. going through that because mm. she, everybody was isolated. Yeah. Um, shortly after that, my mom had a massive stroke and lost 30% of her brain function. And again, it was one of those deals where I, you know, had to, the emergency crew take her from our house to the hospital, but we couldn't go in. So we're getting all this mm. information over the phone uh, through the pandemic. Um, shortly after that, my wife was, um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and had to go undergo mm -hmm. five radical surgeries in six months. Um, she had a double mastectomy, hysterectomy, and a whole bunch of things uh, just to remove that. Um, we also found out that my son had an enlarged aorta, uh, which was was pretty tough. He was hospitalized for about a week in that. And mm -hmm. then most recently, my daughter, Olivia, uh, my 11-year-old my daughter, was diagnosed with leukemia. So a lot of tough things. And one yeah, more to no boot, just, just to give you a bonus one. Yeah. <laughs> our, our second Golly. oldest daughter was diagnosed with, with type 1 diabetes during this time period. Yeah. So wow. we have been hit every way imaginable by mm. illness, by loss of life, mm -hmm. just by a lot of things. And, um, how do you keep has, your faith in that? Well, you know, it's it, God, I mean, sometimes yeah. God has to give me faith to have faith. I mean, yeah. just faith upon faith Borrow and, it from him. And he has, mm. and, um, and he's done it through his people. Um, he's done it through scripture He's, you know, I've, I've said this, especially with Olivia going through the leukemia battle right now. Um, she has this incredible fight in her. So God gifted her with that. She has an incredible medical team around her. And we have had literally thousands of saints praying for her. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing God respond in big ways. She had 97% of her blood chock full of cancer. Only 3% was healthy cells. And within three days of chemo treatments, um, she was down to zero cancer blasts in her, in her blood. Mm -hmm. And so God just God. moved in miraculous ways. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, we're, we're kind of watching him do some great things, but we also rest on some truths. Um, we know that suffering, God's answer to suffering is not an explanation. I mean, it's incarnation. It's literally mm -hmm. Jesus. He was the suffering savior that experienced everything we will except for sin. Mm -hmm. And he entered the world and experienced our pain. So I, I know, and I believe it with every fiber in my being that he knows what we are going through. He doesn't want us to go through it and he will wipe away every tear and everything will be Amen. made right in the end. Amen. Just like he told my friend Susan before bringing her home. Yeah. It all makes sense in the end. And so it's that, it's that faith. So Rich, just to pause for a moment with listeners that are bringing their own form of suffering. And as, as we mentioned in this series, suffering has many forms. 
It could be spiritual suffering in a very dark place, dark night of the soul, St. John of the Cross. Um, it could be uh, emotional suffering. Uh, it can be imbalance, physical suffering in some way. It could be anything from um, uh, you know, heart issues or, or cancer or um, depression. Um, it could be anxiety disorders. Uh, there's, there's so many of them out there, but it, but it could be the, the physical that affects the emotional. Emotional, physical, spiritual, um, and um, and we are constantly bombarded by that. So, what tips do you have, or reminders for listeners that are bringing to this podcast their own form of suffering—mental, mm -hmm. emotional, physical, or spiritual? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to address that. I, I do have to tell you some of the rest of the story before I, I yeah. get into how we we've been coping. Um, you know, I mentioned my, my aunt, uh, dying, passing away during COVID just before she died, they allowed her four sisters in the room, her daughter, her son, my wife and I, and we held her, my, my aunt's hand. We sang songs, hymns, we prayed with her and we ushered her into heaven. And it was beautiful. It was wow. truly beautiful. My wife, my wife is completely cancer free. She's not in remission. There's no cancer there at all. Amen. There's no chance of the cancer. I claim coming that. Back. I claim that, brother. I claim that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Amen. My, my daughter Chloe with type one diabetes. She's got it under control. She has a pump. She's uh, she's got the injections going in the right way, and she's living a very healthy life. Amen. Uh, my son Hunter, while he's had 41 surgeries and he's had, you know, has an has an enlarged aorta, he also three months after he was diagnosed with that, he rode his bike 40 miles. So he's resilient. In fact, he's anti-fragile. My son is, wow. God has blessed him in that way. Uh, Olivia, whom I mentioned earlier, she is fighting the fight. We have mm -hmm. probably, I would say a year and six months left of this, this battle, but she is, she is, there's no cancer She's in her blood warrior. and she mm -hmm. is fighting it strong. But mm -hmm. how have we dealt with all this? What are the tips? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say in the world we live in, you got to be careful of some things first. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the whole approach that some people say, make lemonade out of lemons or mm -hmm. big boys don't cry. Well, that's or think false. positive thoughts. Or... <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't always yeah. work. There's yeah. denial, you know, which yep. is there. Look at the positive. And it might, might take a long time, but eventually denial will break down. Uh, there's isolation that's hiding from it or hiding from others. Well, I mean, there's neurological evidence and you know this, Lauren, with all the work you've done mm -hmm. that would suggest that isolation actually increases negativity and increases mm -hmm. stress and can cause yeah. even more harm. Uh, there's willpower, you know, just push through it, work harder. Well, that fails too. That's not strong. Mm -hmm. um, condemnation where a person just criticizes themselves all day and then eventually you have despair and, and learned helplessness. And I would say the one thing to get around all of that, the one thing to get around all of those poor coping mechanisms is what God gave us in the form of grief. Grief. It's the pain that cures almost all other pains. And it's a process. Mm -hmm. It's not an event. It's, it's letting go of what I can't keep. God allows us to do that. You know, we all have emotions. And if we can't access them, we're in trouble. Uh, grief is an emotion that corresponds to loss. When you lose something that matters to you, you actually feel sad. If it's your health, if it's the loss of a loved one, if it's a loss of a dream, when you can finally let go of that in some way, um, it actually brings about so much healing. You actually honor what matters to you by going through grieving. 
uh, Jeremiah 9, 17 to 20 talks about bringing the wailing women forward. You know, it was actually an industry in age, ancient Israel where yeah, they it had was. people. It was totally, they, 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 they would they would make sure they're lined up and, and ready to go. Because it's real. I yep. mean, it's a, it's a thing. Um, God, God makes us, makes grief for our own good. And grief is bigger than self-control. When it happens, you just have to let it happen. You can't Absolutely. control it. It's like a wave. You're mm -hmm. in a boat and it just moves. It's like a leaf you. in a stream. You just go with the flow. Yeah. And th then there's one more thing I would say, just as much as Jesus did say in John 16, 33, that you're going to suffer in this world. He said this also. He said, I've told, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. Mm. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have conquered the world. So mm. he conquered the world. And then we also know in 2 Corinthians 1, Paul talks about how while we will suffer like Christ, we also will be comforted with his comfort. And we do that for one another. And here's the cool thing. Don't do it alone. Amen. Because when you do it alone, it takes you twice as much time to heal. Having somebody in your corner that can bear that with you cuts the suffering time in half. Absolutely. And it's biblical too. Yep. Amen to that. There, there's, there are incredible groups out there too. When you say don't do it alone. Um, I remember we went through advanced cancer and divorce at the same time. There were several groups I connected with. One of them was a uh, restoration group of going through divorce and um and that was profound rather than trying to muscle through myself but having the faith of of other believers going through similar situations um it was profound jesus sent out his disciples two by two for a reason when one falls the other one can help them up there's grief share for for those going through grief there are a lot of incredible programs out there that validate uh the invitation to connect with people again that's that choice point too you connect you can choose to isolate and you can choose not to and jesus is constantly inviting us to connect G uh, satan's biggest trickery is is division and yeah. we're seeing that run rampant go viral mm -hmm. and and god's god's desire is is uh, uh bringing us together in him through him with him so that we can uh, fight together the battle before us uh, which is very profound. Um, there's a there's a a quote uh, from from Saint Teresa that uh, you shared um, about uh, in the light of heaven, the worst suffering on earth, a life full of the most atrocious tortures on earth will be seen to be no more than one night in an inconvenient hotel. Can you speak a little bit about that one? Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah it puts. And it I love such... Saint Saint Teresa. She's 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 a rock star, absolutely. Well, it puts it in such perspective that the glory, the glory that we will we will receive. So we bring God glory. We glorify Him, and He and He glorifies us. He brings. It says it in many verses in the Bible that we'll actually experience glory too. And being His children, uh, we we are royalty. We are kings and queens, mm -hmm. and in, in, uh, his kingdom. And so just knowing that the paradise that we will experience one day makes all of this suffering. And a lot of it is incredibly difficult to get through, but it will make all of this suffering appear to be nothing more than a night in an inconvenient hotel. 
how much perspective can you get? That is so <laughs> awesome because yeah. as bad as it feels now, it's going to be that much greater when we get to heaven and when we are, we're, we're in his presence and we're in his embrace. And so I'm just so thankful. And I, I, I long for and yearn for that day. And we do get glimpses of it. We do experience the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so just feeling his peace radiate all around us and through us is amazing as well. And I got to tell you, um, when you were talking about uh, companionship and comfort and others, I mean, that's been the biggest thing to get us through this leukemia battle in particular, mm. people reaching out and praying and providing mm -hmm. meals and doing kind things. And it has, it has humbled me in many, many ways. And I just look forward to the time when I can look back on all this stuff and say, yeah, that was a bad night at the, at the hotel, <laughs> you know, in an inconvenient hotel. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it reminds me of, of Paul's continual invitation um, that, uh, and, he, and he said it in many different ways, many different verses throughout the new Testament. Um, but the theme is the same that consider yourself fortunate uh, because God is doing a mighty work and he's able to take whatever thorn it is that is placed in your flesh and do an even greater, greater work than had the thorn not even been there. Because when we are weak, the power of God within us is able to accomplish abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. Um, and so we can come with confidence to the cross with our thorns, whatever thorn it is for you today, listener, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, could have been something that happened this week that's just taken up free rent between your two ears. Remember, you are the landlord. God has given us that ability. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? Paul lets us know. Again, take every thought captive. And so as you get those, uh, the, the flips or flipping the script, um, Rich, we were talking about this just the other day in our emotional intelligence in Christ process, we, we, by the help of the Holy Spirit, developed a um, method to work through those strong emotions. And that's the EIC mm -hmm. uh, method, which is we have encounters all day long. And I want to bring this up because I was teaching this actually to one of my clients the other day, that um, many times the encounter is with ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not just with other people. But as you know, Rich, um, Satan slithers in with that fear. Sees, yeah. sees if it's going to stick, particularly when the sun goes down. Um, I know I used to be plagued with the fear of leaving my children without a mother. Mm -hmm. And for you, um, with everything that's been going through, I can imagine uh, that, that, that you've encountered those, those inner demons, so to speak, between your two ears. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, we, we'll have an encounter. with It could be with a doctor. It could be with someone at work. It could be with someone within your, your own home or a good friend. And, and it shocks you. And it literally knocks you off, off the horse for a little bit. After you have that encounter, rather than going to other people, which we naturally gravitate, hey, did you hear this? Trying to get solace in, in the people around us, because there's, there's a balance with this. We go to God first, first and foremost, dear God, this happened, or I'm, I'm dealing with this emotion, this fear. The second step is to identify what is the emotion specifically and what behavior comes from that. And then ask God, what do you want me to do with this? I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. How do you want me to handle this? Help me to do a good job. 
And that leads to the to the C, which is the EIC, which is then then we course correct, then we move out. Rich, I, I'm sure you've had experiences where life is not showing up the way you want to, and you you scatter to to look for the living among the dead. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to that um, that place of who do you go to first in the midst of suffering? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's great, and that's a great question, and you know. A lot of a lot of uh, work was put into examining scripture when we put together the emotional intelligence in Christ book, as you as you recall. And part of that is looking at Jesus and his own his own account record in scripture. You know, especially in the garden when he's you know he's facing his own his own crucifixion. It's coming, and he's in the garden praying, and and his. Uh, his uh, best buddies, if you will, are, are kind of letting him down sleeping on the asleep, job and he's mm-hmm. getting frustrated. Um, he could, he could have easily have allowed his emotions to spin out of control there. He was weeping. He was weeping blood. Um, and then you, you, he's faced with a situation shortly thereafter where another one of his close people brings in an arresting party to take him out, you know, in the, the cloak of darkness and he feels betrayal. And, mm. you know, Jesus could have wiped out that whole arresting party, but he chose not to, he chose not to because he knew whose he was and he knew who he was. Amen. Jesus knew his own identity. And so when these things happen to me, the only solution first and foremost is to take it to God Absolutely. and to really to, to seek him and, and who he has created me to be. And then the second thing I do is to take it to trusted sources around me. So loving God and loving others, um, greatest commandment, second greatest commandment. So I pull people into my situation, people I trust, uh, like my wife, um, best friend. I, I, you know, ask them to, to not only pray for me, but to help carry this with me. Cause sometimes these loads are too great for us to carry alone. So powerful. I, I I landed on a uh, quote from The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis, which is a very profound book. Have you heard of that? The Imitation not, of Christ? I have not heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's a very powerful book. I've, I've read it like four times. Um, but one of the quotes that, that really stuck with me when I was thinking about this topic, where do you go? Where do you go when you're bumped emotionally? Who's your first go-to? What what do you seek in terms of what resources? And many times um, I'll wander outside of myself looking for the living among the dead. And and that that garden scene, Rich, is so powerful because Jesus kept coming back, coming back. He went to the disciples, saw them sleeping, and then went back to God. Mm-hmm. Father, not my will, yours be done. Um, but this one quote really really caught me caught me by surprise in terms of um you know that's why i ask listeners for you to listen what does the holy spirit have for you this was one of those situations where i just paused and the quote is this my heart cannot cannot be entirely contented if it does not rise above all your gifts and all other creatures including suffering to rest in you alone my heart cannot be entirely contented if it does not rise above all, all, mm. and rest in you alone. Christ is our rest. Jesus is our rest and our victory over our strong emotions, our fears, our doubts, our worries. Rich, thank you so much for, for your vulnerability and sharing the suffering that God is carrying you through. I'm thinking of the footprints prayer, you know. Um, Lord, you said you'd be with me at all times. And, and at the end of his life, the Lord 
compassionately says, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Mm -hmm. What are some of your closing thoughts today that you'd like to leave with listeners? Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for having me, Lauren. This has been uh, this has been a very deep conversation, a rich conversation, and I'm glad to to be a part of it. Mm. Um, my my parting thoughts for listeners would be to do exactly what you said. You know, when we we're faced with these tough times, just remember Jesus's words. We know that we will suffer in this world, but take heart, have peace in Him, and He overcame the world. We can be courageous because of that. We need to cling to Jesus to get through these moments, which are harrowing in many cases. Mm -hmm. And then we need to love on the people that he brought into our lives, um, his people, those people that have been given manifold graces for the good of the body. They can, they can help be a part of that cure. You know, I look at, I look at uh, God's people as a delivery mechanism for his grace. Mm -hmm. And so um, seek Jesus first and rely on the people around you that he placed in your life. Those are the two things. And then grief. Remember to grieve. Grief mm -hmm. is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually a healing mechanism for the pain that we feel. It's the pain that will help heal other pain. Mm. Absolutely. And tears serve a purpose as well, because it creates actually space in the brain. And this is just a biological tip, but one that was crafted by God in his brilliance, that when we cry, we release the um, space within the frontal cortex for us to be able to turn back to solution-based thinking in the Holy Spirit versus focusing on the problem. So um, as I've shared before, there was one time I said I was afraid to cry when I was going through the advanced cancer and divorce, because I was afraid I'd never stop. Mm -hmm. And my mom wisely said, well, then I invite you to set the world record. So I gave myself permission to do that. I cried for almost three hours straight. And then there was this peace that came over me. So give yourself permission to feel any and every emotion without judgment and bring it to the foot of the cross. Toss it into the lap of Jesus, my friends. What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to talk to? How do you want me to move through this, dear God? Help me to do a good job so that at the end of this life, I will hear my good and faithful servant. You did not doubt. You believed in the, even in the midst of the darkest night in your life. Rich, would you mind closing us in prayer? Be glad to. Heavenly Father, gracious God, it's in you in which we move, we live, and we have our very being. We're thankful for the breath of life you've given us. We're also thankful that we don't walk alone. We're thankful that you walk with us every step of the way. In fact, like the footprints, you're the one carrying us through our deepest, darkest moments. We're also thankful for the people that you've brought into our lives by appointment and anointment. And I just pray, Lord God, that you'd continue to bless those relationships. I pray when uh, Lauren's listeners and our friends and our family are, are, uh, our family of God face these troubling and suffering times that they can cling to the foot of the cross. Know that Jesus, Jesus nailed it all there. And one day, one day we'll look back and just feel like this was a night in an inconvenient hotel. We love you, Lord God. We say these things in your holy, precious name. Amen. 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 Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, Zechariah 4, 6. Listeners, go out there and give them heaven. There's enough of the dark side going on. Thank you for joining us today. Again, this is the series entitled Don't Waste Your Suffering. This is part three, and we'll continue the journey in this 
area as the Holy Spirit will guide us. We look forward to connecting with you in our next podcast. You could visit us at edgegodin.com to see the scriptures that we discussed today or at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com for uh, that boost and giving us healthy emotions to glorify God.